Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I say that as if the podcast hasn't been on hiatus for the past nine months or so, Uh, but as many of you would know, I took a break from podcasting after losing my dad late last year, but I felt really compelled to come back to this format recently to have some more in-depth conversations about topics that I know are really important to this community and very important to me personally. And my return to the podcast is actually thanks to you guys. A few weeks ago, you were repeatedly tagging me in a post by content creator and activist Rafaela Mancuso, who created a viral Instagram post commenting on the overwhelming number of thin white women taking up space in the online body positivity community. As soon as I saw what she had to say, I knew I had to reach out to her and have a conversation. And now I'm going to read Rafaela's post to give you some context for what we're talking about today. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see it. I'll have it up in the edited version on YouTube. But if you're listening, it would really benefit you to go and check out the post. It's important to note that Rafaela featured and tagged the creator she was talking about, which I thought was a very, very brave and important choice to have a conversation. You can't have a conversation with yourself. Uh, The post absolutely blew up in both positive and negative ways, but most crucially, it sparked an incredibly important conversation about body positivity and has already impacted change that really needs to occur within that space. So I will read it for you now. I'm sorry, but I have to say it. It really bugs me that thin people are taking up a lot of space in the body positivity, self-love corner of the internet. I know I'm going to get backlash for this, but it's honestly a major thing for plus-size creators. A lot of people in smaller bodies are creating content about loving the parts of your body that are deemed bad by society. Is there anything wrong with that? Not at all. Self-love for everyone. A lot of these people make big money and have great success creating this content. Also great, yay them. The problem for me is that I've noticed for myself, as well as many other plus size creators in the same corner of the internet, is that we don't get half the recognition that slender people do. I find that most slender content creators who promote body acceptance have to distort their body in order to show off their imperfections. Everyone is allowed to be self-conscious or have problems loving parts of their body. Everyone. But unlike these influences, I can't just put away my problem areas and continue on in the world. I don't have the luxury of standing up straight or pulling up my pants and then suddenly perfectly fit society's ideal beauty standard. Unlike them, I don't have thin privilege. I can't take out my fatness when it's convenient or advantageous for me and live the rest of my day without scrutiny or being shamed. And yet these accounts have hundreds of thousands of followers, even millions. People love these accounts. It allows them to feel good about themselves without having to confront their internalized fat phobia. I could post this same damn photo and not get any engagement from it. Why is that? Because people inherently believe that my body is bad, whether consciously or not. It's so damn hard. I would love to be able to support myself by doing what I love and help people through social media. The problem is that my body isn't as palatable. But instead, it's these slender influencers that are making big bucks from brand deals, creating their own fashion lines, receiving massive opportunities, instead of those living in more marginalized bodies who are portraying the same message. 
Want to use your slender body to promote self-love? Terrific. But also feature marginalized bodies on your account as well. So now that you're familiar with what Rafaela had to say, which, spoiler alert, I loved, we're going to chat to her about what motivated her to make such a supposedly controversial post and how it was received, not only by the influencers, who definitely had a variety of reactions, but by other people who found her content. We're going to talk about the true definition of body positivity. Is it a feeling or is it a social movement? The importance of calling people out or, more importantly, calling them in on social media and receiving criticism for supposedly not supporting other women, which is something we've both heard in the past and have some feelings about. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I love chatting to Rafaela. Make sure you go and find her on Instagram, show her some love and support. She is so fantastic and just has this wonderful energy to her that you just want to be around. And I'm sure she'll be back on the podcast in the future. I'm also going to leave a list of smaller, inspiring body positivity accounts, as well as Rafaela's information in the show notes in the description box, depending on where you're listening to this or watching it. But I also wanted to highlight some other body positivity accounts that definitely deserve some love and attention, which you should also check out. So let's get started with Rafaela. So Rafaela, I am so happy to have you here with me today. It's been a few weeks since I got in touch with you to join me on the podcast to talk about this fantastic post that was brought to my attention by my followers. I don't think I've been tagged in something so many times or had it sent to my inbox so many times. And I was just cheering when I read it. I thought it was so fantastic. And it's obviously been, like I said, a few weeks, so Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to reflect back on what hopefully still isn't such a crazy time for you, which I know it was when we originally chatted. Um, Now, what I like to do before we get into the serious stuff is to give people a sense of you outside of what we're going to chat about. So I like to ask guests, guests three questions to get a sense of who we're talking to. So first question is, what is your favorite quote? Oh, that's such a hard one. Honestly, there's not like one specific quote that I live by. I kind of alternate between like mantras, let's say. So like right now, something I'm telling myself is like, you're good enough already. Like you're good enough just the way you are. And I don't know who said it first, but those words are just in my head. (laughs) Well, everyone should be saying it. So make sure everyone listening today has a moment to say that to themselves. I think that's beautiful. What is a song that you can listen to on repeat? You're on a desert island. You are given one song forever. What could it be? Okay, well, I might regret this, but right now (laughs) I am listening to Harry Styles' new album and Watermelon Sugar is on repeat in my head. So I feel like I could listen to that maybe forever. Maybe I'll get sick of it. Not too sure. <laughs> Love it. It's uh, it's always going to be a it's always going to be a regrettable one, right? Like whatever you pick is probably <laughs> going to end up annoying you, but it's just the length of time that it won't annoy you. That's how much <laughs> yeah. you know you love it. Uh, which book do you think all of our listeners today should check out? What is your number one recommendation? Well, right now I'm reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Have you heard of it? I have read it. It is fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that one, because I give too many fucks about everything. Mm-hmm. So I need to learn to manage, you know, when I want to really care about something and when I need to like let some stuff go. <laughs> yeah. I loved that book because I thought it was such a, even in the recovery kind of lens, it's so value-based about 
you probably will. You probably will give a fuck. It's just about decreasing the volume and the frequency and getting really specific about what are your values? What do you really care about? That's where you should probably be expending your energy. It doesn't need to go everywhere to everyone all the time. (laughs) And that's my problem right now. That's what I'm working on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a good one. It's a really good one. It's very, it's very palatable. I find as opposed to, it doesn't read as, you know, straight self-help, but you get to the end of it and it just has cleared some space in your mind. So well done to him for hiding that behind uh, what was really just self-help. So into what we're going to be talking about today, obviously I've read your post for our listeners in the intro of this episode. I just want to ask you, what motivated you to make that post? What was the backstory? What led to hitting publish on that post that got such a huge reaction? Okay, honestly, I was just fed up. I was just on my phone after therapy and I think I was on my explore page and some one of those influencers popped up and it's had the side by side of like reality versus Instagram. And they were both, you know, thin and fit the perfect ideal beauty standard in both. And people in the comments were like, oh, my God, you're so brave. And this is amazing. And like thousands of likes and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of followers. And I was like, OK, my friends and I have been saying this stuff for like forever about self-love, body positivity. We've showed these, you know, side-by-side images as well. And it gets no engagement, no reaction because my body is not viewed as palatable. People don't really want to look at it, I guess, on the internet. And I just started off in my story saying, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of one body type, one image being represented on social media because there's so many other people and so many other voices that need to be heard as well. And I wasn't, it wasn't like a perfectly curated moment. It wasn't something I was like, yeah, this one's going to go viral. It was just some stories that I was like, yeah, I'm just going to save those, pop them in a post, off you go. And then the internet exploded. (laughs) Oh my God. I remember you were in the thick of it at the time that we spoke and it really had, you really had this enormous reaction. And what I found so jarring about it is that the way that you phrased it and framed the conversation was so respectful. It was so inclusive. It was so clear. It was like, here, I'm going to spoon feed my intention and my message. And still there was this vitriolic, abusive response where people were reading what you were saying as body positivity is not for thin white women that, you know, we want them out of the conversation. We want them off the table. We want them out of this space. That's what people were hearing. But the post was so clear that it was saying, hi, can we get a seat at the table that was built for us? <laughs> right. And, and that's for the all the other marginalized so, people. Yeah. So shocking to me. So shocking to me is that people really clung on to the term body positivity and that's where it's stuck. And I was like, okay, yeah, we can talk about that. But what we're really looking at is what we see every day on social media and that mm-hmm. there's more people that have similar experiences or different lived experiences that are also valuable and people are just like no why can't I also be 
body positive. And I was like, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. And even in the post, I tried to be you know, clear and saying like self-love is for everyone. And what these influencers are doing really is amazing to show these quote unquote imperfections mm-hmm. like of our bodies, like cellulite, stretch marks, if you're bloated, whatever, that does help people. It's just not the only thing we need to see. It's not the only content that's out there. Like for me, looking at that, I'm like, okay, great. You can stick out your stomach on social media Mm -hmm. and get a lot of attention for that and then put on clothes, go out in the real world and be treated as an equal because you're still a thin white woman and we need to hear from them, yes, and from other people who don't have that privilege of being treated as an equal in society or not being dismissed by medical professionals, right? So that's kind of, yeah, it's definitely shifted now into this big body positivity debate, which I think completely takes away from the real message in the first place. Absolutely. What did that reaction tell you about what people are probably getting wrong about body positivity? Because this has been a frustration of mine. I have a lot of people who ask me like, are you body positive? And I'm like, yes, I am. I don't center myself in that conversation because it's not for me. I could probably do better to, you know, I try to promote people's work who are, you know, in sort of the margins. I, I make an effort. We can all do better. We can all do more. But the reason I've never centered myself is that conversation is not for me. Uh, that that movement is not really for me. It's really not for thin white women. They can be a part of it if they want to be. But if they really understood the social justice roots and the political roots that have been, you know, really in my research, it's been since the 60s that it was centered around the fat acceptance movement. That's where body positivity came from. So even by definition, it just doesn't seem to be what it was originally intended for. So what did that reaction tell you about where people might be getting that definition wrong? I think in the words itself, like body positive, it sounds great. Mm -hmm. Sounds nice. Like, yeah, being positive about my body, (laughs) which is awesome. And everyone. We love positivity. Great. Everyone should be able to feel positive about their body if that's what they want. Yeah. As you said, it originated as a fat acceptance movement, specifically for people of color, such as black people, and more marginalized bodies, such as people living with disabilities, to be seen as equal and to be treated as a human being and not just what their bodies may portray to society. And now if you go on like the body positive hashtag, you just, you don't see that at all. And the big point that I think people are missing is when they say, well, body positivity is for everyone. I can be body positive. And I'm like, yeah, but we've excluded the people who it was originally meant for. Like, it's not like we're seeing like all different bodies right now. That would be different, Mm -hmm. right? We're Mm -hmm. not. Like I did a game on my stories a month ago and I said, without looking on your phone, can you name three fat black influencers? And I said, Lizzo doesn't count because she's a celebrity. Yep. And oh my God, the answers I got was like Lizzo, Oprah, Michelle Obama. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, like, I'm dead serious. Like hundreds of people replied and 
I don't that know. Is but then really bad. <laughs> and that then I bad. said, I said, can you name three white thin influencers? Like that. It's so automatic. Even for me, I can sit there. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Right. You, we just know because that's what we're being fed all the time. Yeah. And it's not necessarily our fault. It's the algorithm. They show us what we want to see or what we click on. And it's, you have to go out of your way to find other images. Mm -hmm. And that's proves this point completely that you have to try so hard to diversify your feed when the whole point of having a movement specifically for marginalized bodies is to amplify them so we can hear their stories and experiences but that's not happening at all yeah and it's so interesting one of my followers she said oh you know what i think i get it now i think i get it so body positivity is for everyone but we have to listen to the most marginalized first and bring them into the spotlight so they can be treated as equal and then we can all be in it together. And I was like, yeah, you nailed it. So for me, it's hard to say, yeah, body positivity is for everyone because I'm so scared. Some people are going to just take it and run and take up that space without amplifying others, without passing that mic. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem here I thought that was the saddest irony of what because I, I was actually you know now it's got three and a half thousand comments on it or something like that that I last checked this morning I don't know if you know that you look horrified by that notion oh but don't go and look uh, I'll look for you no I'm kidding um it's like three and a half thousand comments on it and people were sending it to me so quickly that I you know I think I was in the first like 30 comments or something asking can we talk about this can you come on my podcast um and it was so clear when people were just totally misconstruing the message that the irony was totally lost on them that you had somebody saying, hi, can I get a seat at a table that is intended for me that you have all taken up so much space on that there isn't any room left for me? Can I just get back on the table? And the reaction was, you're, you're trying to kick us off. You're trying to take my seat away. And it was, no, 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 we just, can we yes. build a, I brought some materials. Can we bring, build a bigger table? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And that's exactly, you're, you nailed that perfectly, perfectly. It's okay. We need to build a bigger table so we can all be there together because right now fat bodies aren't even in the room. Mm -hmm. They're still completely dismissed. So then you have, you're right, those, you know, thin white women at the center of the table saying, well, what do you mean I can't be here? Mm -hmm. It's like, no. You are no, here. No, no. You are. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly it. And it's wonderful. Yeah. But you need to kind of step back, you know, go get some other chairs. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just, okay, other people can step up and do it themselves. It's like, no, no. You have to step back in order to build up the table and bring people in. It's not just going to happen naturally if you ignore it right mm -hmm. exactly and yeah that that whole concept that a movement has been created for people who are now being excluded and then when they have the audacity to ask for some space or some time at the mic are being trolled and abused which is the whole reason why the movement was created for them in the first place um so i think that that's a really important thing to clear up which is that body positivity is it is a movement it is not a feeling it is a movement. It's a social justice movement. It's a political movement. I'm going to actually link a fantastic article, which I think does a great job of outlining the history of the body positive movement and the fact it is rooted in fat acceptance. Uh, and it's called The Fragility of Body Positivity, How a Radical Movement Lost Its Way by Yvette 
Dion, and that will be in the show notes. Mm. It is phenomenal. And to your point about, you know, just asking to have some space back in this movement, a really great quote from that article is, as fat acceptance writer Bethany Rutter wrote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was snatching body positivity out of the hands of fat women and then convincing them it was never theirs in the first place. <laughs> That's so good. Right? What gaslighting. Wow. Yeah, and not only gaslighting, but then capitalizing off it and monetizing it and being able to have access to this higher level of privilege and success purely because you're not in a marginalized body. And something that you put so beautifully was the idea that people can't walk out on the street and put their fatness away. They can't put their blackness away or their disability away and make that palatable for when they're not in front of the mirror, squishing their rolls and taking a photo. They then get to tuck it back in and walk outside and not have to deal with rampant fat phobia or rampant uh, discrimination for whatever marginalization they're living in. That was so beautifully put. I know that you tagged the people who you were talking about, which I have heard, you know, various responses to. I've listened to podcasts you've Me been too. on. I'm not going to name anybody, <laughs> but you've been kind of, uh, you've been sort of interrogated about that previously. That's not going to happen here because I personally come from the belief that if you are going to say something worth saying, or you're going to call somebody out, sign your name to it. And that often means signing the other person's name to it. Otherwise, there's no discourse. There's no conversation. You are just screaming into your own echo chamber. So what was behind... Yes, the truth. Yeah. What was behind that motivation to tag those people? And how many panic attacks did you have uh, after (laughs) you tagged them? Okay, so it's not a new thing to tag like body positive self-love influences in your posts when you don't have a following because you're just trying to get your voice heard. You're like, sure, maybe this person will see it and love it. So I've done that in the past. No response, no recognition, right? It's it's life. And so I was kind of like on a whim, felt a little ballsy. And I was like, yeah, okay, we'll tag. And because I stood by everything I said, it wasn't like, oh, this is really risky. Should I say it? It was like, no, everything I said, I truly believe and I think I said it respectfully that's my opinion at least I agree (laughs) thank you and I didn't expect anyone to see it you know that I did not expect anyone to see it so then when people did see it yeah the number of panic attacks I would describe it as like one constant panic attack for about three weeks yeah just with (laughs) spikes and troughs but a pretty steady line of panic. Yeah. Yeah. For like two days straight, the first two days, I was just like freaking out, like, what is happening? Oh my God. And then I was like, okay, this is good. I'm kind of, okay, I'm, I'm handling this. And then a YouTuber with a massive following or subscription ship, I don't know what you, <laughs> what you call them. <laughs> they just came at me mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa, what, what? I was like, hold up. Like just hundreds of comments I swear to god every second I would refresh my Instagram and it would just be more and more I had to put my phone down I couldn't even read the comments they were so horrible Mm -hmm. so I messaged some friends I was like does anyone know what happened did someone post something like where did this come from and then I got linked to the video yeah I did not watch it because I was already feeling so vulnerable Mm -hmm. I'm like I don't need to sit here and cry so I just 
didn't watch it. <laughs> I think that was Did a you? good choice. I think I I watched, I watched it. I watched a, I watched the, the beginning of it, and then I was like, oh no, this is just the same thing, but in video form. That it's been totally misconstrued because they just it's the lack of foundational understanding about body positivity. If you're already starting from the premise that they didn't understand what you were talking about, <laughs> then they're probably going to get the wrong idea, right? So it's like you've got to go all the way back to the beginning of well, here's the historical context, and then we can have a debate about it. And I know that you had varied reactions from the people who you had highlighted and tagged can you talk to me a little bit about those different reactions that you got about whether or not people came back defensively or they were sort of open-minded what did you notice about those reactions that was so interesting it was Mm. so interesting when I first saw that people saw it I don't even know how I don't know if they DM'd me. Well, okay, I know that Sarah from the Bird's Papaya slid into my DMs and I was just like shitting myself because she is like famous in Canada, okay? I don't, well, at least the internet of Canada. But (laughs) I was like freaking out, like, oh my God, she's talking to me. And then I just went full Canada mode. I was like, I am so sorry. I did not mean for anything to happen. And she kind of said that at first she was, you know, defensive and feeling maybe a bit hurt. And then she kind of stopped and thought about it and was like, okay, like we can do better. And so her and I planned a time to Zoom, like the, I think I posted like the Wednesday, we're like, okay, Monday, we're going to have a Zoom call and like talk all about this, see how we can work together. So lovely. And the rest of them came with defensiveness first, like how hurt they were. And once again, I went full Canada, like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I still mean what like... I said, but I'm really sorry if it hurt your feelings, but I, I, I'm thing... keeping it up. Yeah, I love it. You believed in it. It's is... great. <laughs> I do believe in it. And I yes. looked over the post. I'm like, no, there's nothing here that I regret. Nope. I think people, they get defensive and they don't read the full thing. They just read some parts and they're like, oh, how dare you? Even some of my friends were like, why would you post that? And I said, read it again. Like, honestly, read it again. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh. and so that happened with these influencers as well. I sent some voice notes because I feel like over text things can be interpreted in different ways. So I sent some texts, um, not texts, whoop, voice messages saying like, hey, here's the background of it. This is my perspective. Um, like, this is where I'm coming from, my experience. And then a lot of them were like, oh, you seem so sweet and not like an evil troll on the internet. Like I thought you were, I was like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you so much. And some people, some people went on their own profiles and got really mad. And then that came back at me. Um, There's one person, only one person who was full out defensive, never came around, never was like, you're right. Let's all do better. They were like, no, I'm already helping women. I'm already passing the mic. If they want to speak up, they can do that themselves. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tapping out. This is a brick wall. And that's the thing. It's like, they don't have to do anything. Like no no one has to do anything. This was just my own experience and opinion. And like, is it bad to help people? Like, I don't know. If you Mm -hmm. don't want to help someone, I guess that's up to you right yeah sorry we're joined by my cat lola she's whenever there's somebody lola. yeah we'll have a look lola. lola lola this is going to be a video component doll you're you're having your moment there she is having Hi, a sook <laughs> um 
Yeah, I thought that the Birds Papaya had a really great reaction and the podcast that you guys did together was fantastic because we do have this tendency to react defensively, which is understandable. I mean, it, it does. It can feel personal. It isn't necessarily. I personally totally read what you were saying in the tone it was intended because I also have done reaction videos for years and have put people's names in the titles because I'm not going to do this. Chinese whispers. It feels worse to watch something and be like, oh my God, is that about me? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Say it. The thing is like, you're right. It's like, it's better to sign your name on it because it isn't supposed to be a call out or a hatred or shaming people. It's about saying, hey, I'm feeling hurt and left out of this conversation. Like, let's open up the doors. Let's talk. And so, yeah, that's what I really want people to see it as instead of like, body shaming other women like that's not it that wasn't in there that wasn't in there and I think a lot of it comes down to this very patriarchal sense of you know here's here girls here's your little bit of power or your little bit of success and now you can fight over it and so whenever there's any kind of criticism constructive criticism which is totally what I read in that post was nothing personal nothing derogatory there was no character assassination. There were no assumptions made. It was just an observation, just a very well-founded, and it was more personal in terms of your own experience that you were being generous enough to share. And I think that there is that sense of, well, someone's trying to take something that I have, which is so, you know, that privileged position of, you know, when somebody's trying to get what I've got, it feels like it must be something I have to give up. And you kind of do in part. But when it comes to social media, where there is power, there can be more power. Where there's reach, there can be more reach. It's not you taking a chunk of yours and giving it away. It's just you multiplying what's already there. It's kind of like, you know, somebody it wants a little bit of uh, the mic. Yeah, you might have to take 30 seconds off your own mic, but (laughs) it doesn't mean you're giving it up entirely. You're giving that person a bit of a platform to then do what you've been privileged to do. So Exactly. It's, yeah, it's so interesting because I think you're right. We feel like women, we strive so hard to achieve and be successful and whatever that means to us. And then we get there and you're right it's like oh I have to give some of this away or someone's trying to take it instead Mm -hmm. of saying like this isn't pie it's not like more for someone else it's less for me it's about amplifying right you still have this voice let's amplify others and include them in the conversation Mm -hmm. did you get any of the criticism that I absolutely love personally which is you're bashing other women and you should just flagrantly, without question, support other women by virtue of them being another woman. Did you get that one? Oh, my God. Yeah, I was so surprised when I look in the comments and they're like, women support women. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a feminist. And like, I was like doubting myself. I was like, oh, my God, am I a horrible human being? Yeah. And I had to sit in that discomfort myself and be like, okay, I think we're allowed to still call out people's bullshit, even if they're women, like we're not perfect Mm -hmm. and not shaming. I think shaming's so different. It's like not, if someone viewed it as shaming, I'm like, yeah, I mean, like let's not bring other people down in general. But yeah, that was a weird one. That was an uncomfortable one for me to receive for sure. Yeah, I uh, remember reading Celeste Barber's book, The Uh, comedian uh, who does those challenge accepted comparisons which I adore (laughs) 
And in one of her chapters, she was talking about her time on social media where she said, I am not going to blindly support another woman just because we both happen to own the same, you know, kind of genitalia. It's just, it's outrageous that it should, that we should consider equality being that we are impervious to criticism, that we are, that suddenly our, uh, that we that we can't be held accountable because one woman is viewing another woman's work. If we really want to be equal, can't everyone be criticised? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Instead of holding women on like this like delicate pedestal, it's like do not touch. It's yeah, let's view everyone as humans who can all fuck up and do horrible shit. Right. And not saying that this was fucking up or horrible shit. No, no, but, but on the right? spectrum of behaviour. On the yeah. spectrum of behaviour. Yeah. I totally agree with you that we should be able to be open and honest about how things make us feel yes absolutely and I think that you know I've been criticized and I've agreed with some of it and not agreed with other aspects of criticism I've received I have had to sort of take my own slice of humble pie and go yeah I can do better or I shouldn't have worded it like that or I shouldn't have said that and that's reflected in my relationships. I have friends who call me on my shit all the time. There's a lot of shit to call on, so they get busy. <laughs> but I think oh, that there God. is a fragility and, you know, you can see that in some of those responses you receive. There is a lot of thin white fragility because they're so used to being celebrated. And I think that Sarah, the bird's papaya, was really great at acknowledging I'm just used to being celebrated and being validated and being told that I'm great and my work is great, that when we are called out and we're not used to it, it's really uncomfortable, but it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to sort of sit in that and reflect and use that as a growth edge because that's where growth and change happens is usually when you feel super uncomfortable. Yes. And that's, I made a video recently about white privilege. And I said that like, as white people, like, it's okay for us to be uncomfortable. It is safe to sit in our discomfort. There's no danger coming from that. And as you said, like, hopefully that discomfort can like motivate us to make change, to act differently, to learn and then do better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So in terms of calling people out, and having that conversation what have you learned from that experience what would you do the same what would you do different what do you think are the benefits versus the negatives Oof, good question so now if i were to do it i would definitely speak to the individuals first that was some big criticism that was also very uncomfortable and i had to sit like yeah that does suck that i used these women's um pictures without their permission like that sucks like I had as I said I've had multiple YouTube videos now go out using my videos and images to bash me and I'm like oh that doesn't feel good that's my body right there and you you took it and <laughs> so now I'm like okay I get that perspective and I also know and I discussed this with Sarah from Birds Papaya is if I messaged them first they wouldn't have even seen my message. I had 9,000 followers. I would be at the bottom of that requests box. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this was kind of the only way. So I don't regret what happened because it led to this conversation. But going forward, I definitely want to have people's consent and permission before putting their name out there depending. 
if someone's doing harm, that's a different story to me. Mm -hmm. But people that, yeah, you're calling into the conversation versus calling out, that's something that I really want to strive to do. Mm -hmm. I think that the that distinction between calling in and calling out is really important. Uh, and that idea of getting consent is great. But as you say, it's not always going to be practical because you're probably not even going to get a response. Those messages time out after like, 30 days or something, it's unlikely that's going to happen. And to just know that your intention is pure is a bit of a, you know, strong term, but you knowing what your intentions are, knowing what the end goal is and standing by that and saying, you know, I'm willing to have discussions about this. I'm willing to have conversations about this, but I do stand by what I said and how I conducted myself. And I thought that was incredibly brave of you because it really you really copped it like you were really at the other end of an avalanche of stuff coming at you what was some of the positive feedback that you got particularly from your own followers or people who discovered you through this event it essentially really is an event isn't it it was just yeah. it was, even watching it was just like this is what what she must be feeling would be very overwhelming but what was some of the positive stuff what did what good feedback did you get from people yeah, you're right. It wasn't all horrible. The good feedback that I got was so validating and just filled my heart. There was a lot of women specifically saying, holy shit, you just said what I've been thinking for years. You took my thoughts and you put them there. And like people were just really grateful because another thing is you're scared of backlash, mm -hmm. right? I got the backlash and that's why people aren't speaking up because they're told that you're horrible and you're shaming and you're promoting obesity and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But to know that a lot of people felt heard and they felt that someone was kind of seeing them maybe for the first time, that really means a lot. Mm -hmm. That means so much to know that these people can feel like they do belong in this space and that there are people who want to fight for them and amplify their voices. So that's what keeps me going is being like, okay, we're, even though there's a lot of hate, we're still doing good work and we're still trying to empower people to speak up and be heard. Mm -hmm. So what has changed for you since all of that hit your feed? <laughs> How has that changed your advocacy and activism and your time in this space? That's such a good question. So my following tripled, mm -hmm. very overwhelming, very overwhelming. And immediately I became very afraid of what I was going to say. What am I going to do? I'm going to say something bad and everyone's going to leave and everyone's going to stop listening because for the first time people are here and they're listening to what I'm saying. And it was so amazing but also so scary because it's like okay I have this power momentarily what the hell am I gonna do with it I can't just put it to the side I have to practice what I'm preaching and I need to freaking amplify voices I need to pass the mic and so I was just trying to do that so hard I'm like okay who needs to be heard I was trying to look at all my favorite accounts and like okay amplify <laughs> and then immediately after I don't even know how many days before George Floyd was murdered mm -hmm. and my advocacy went from you know body positivity fat acceptance to black lives matter mm -hmm. and 
I'm not even on the front lines. As a white woman, I still hold massive, massive privilege in this space. And I was like, okay, if I have this privilege, I need to freaking use it so that not all this emotional labor is on Black people themselves. So I just threw myself into that as well, went full tilt. I I threw self-care out the window. I, like everything, I was not taking care of myself. I was on my phone hours and hours a day and I burned out. I hit a wall and I crashed. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of coming back from that saying, okay, if we're going to sustain this, we need to take care of ourselves as well because you cannot change the world or even just make a small impact in your community if you yourself are not okay. So I'm like, okay, people haven't left yet. That's also been (laughs) nice. I'm like, people are still here. They're still listening. Okay, let's use this for good. And, And now the big thing for me is, oh my God, I want to make these people proud. Mm -hmm. I want people to like me. I want their respect and admiration. And I was worried that my content wasn't good enough and I needed to be like this and I needed to be like that. And I've had to have some serious talks with myself saying, Rafaela, your whole point of your account is vulnerability and being open and honest. And if you need to talk about crying in therapy, that's what we're going to do. It's not going to be this perfectly curated feed that causes us so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep bringing myself back to that. Do you get that? Do you get kind of like worried about like what other people are going to think of you oh, on the internet? At times I go through periods and it's usually when I'm feeling a bit more emotionally vulnerable or mentally vulnerable just generally is when it's like, okay, this is not a time for you to be on social media very much. So we're just going to delete the apps off our phone eight hours a day and just not do that. Um, but yeah, of course, I think that anybody who said that they weren't impacted or aware of how they were being viewed or perceived would be either a narcissist or lying. Um, maybe both. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have, and I think that's what you would have experienced as well, is people have this perceived power imbalance. When you make a public statement and they perceive that you have reach or you have a voice and they as a commenter don't perceive themselves as having an equal amount of volume or reach, they will hit 20 times harder than they need to in order to get your attention, right? Which is, which is again, the irony that that's not what you did. Uh, and then they're like, <laughs> how dare you? You're a blah, blah, and going with all the insults and all the really personal stuff on a post that is so not personal. It couldn't be more obvious. Um, but yeah, it's it's about being able to sense that pattern and knowing that you're getting kind of into, it kind of feels like a mania for me. Like I'm on my phone, I'm in my comments. I, If somebody were to take my phone away from me, it would be like panic, 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 panic. Because once it's out in the, in the world, once it's out on the internet, it's essentially out of your control. What happens to it then, which is where that whole sense of you have got to believe what you're saying. You have got to believe what your intentions are. You have got to believe that there is a greater good than there is any sense of hurt or discomfort on the end of the person who might be featured. And as we've discussed in this conversation I just don't think that we can have constructive conversations if there's only one person at the table if it's just you kind of talking around these issues or talking around who these people are 
Where is the incentive to change? These influencers are not incentivized to change just because they get a DM from you or I saying, hi, I don't like that post you did or I don't like this thing about your message. And they're going to be like, oh, Mia, yes, thank you, woman I've never met and haven't heard of. I take that so to heart and I'm going to go back and, you know, really... I'm going to totally examine my whole value system. Of course they're not going to do that. Not only am I a nothing, no one to them, it is also they the fact that they are monetarily, socially incentivized to not take in that criticism without there being some kind of reason to do so, which is it's out there. I have to acknowledge it. I have to deal with it and I really, you know, am being kind of pushed into a corner here, but that's where it goes back to your intentions. That's where it goes back to this sense of greater good, that there are people being harmed or marginalized by their content, whether it's their intention or not, whether it's their intention or not. So what do you see happening in this space? What do you see happening? There's a lot of talk at the moment, and I've seen it on and off over the years about changing the, not changing the term body positivity, but coming up with a term which actually reflects what the original movement was supposed to be because now it's been so co-opted that people just have no idea what its actual roots or, in, or original intention was. So what do you see happening in this space? That's such a good question. I've been asking myself the exact same thing. So... Uh, this whole time I've been kind of saying to people like leave body positivity alone. It's not really meant for us. Like even I don't associate myself. I used to use the term body positivity, but now I'm like, I hold so much privilege in other spaces Mm -hmm. that I don't need this. Like this doesn't have to be for me. And so in my perspective, I think that people who don't really quote unquote belong in the pod body positivity space maybe just step away for a little bit I, I was thinking what if we just have a new term can we create a new term that is so inclusive of everyone all abilities disabilities genders races sizes like everything that people think body positivity is right now yeah. can we create a new term for people to really get behind because some people have said like well why don't we just call their like original body positivity fat acceptance I'm like yes I hear you but it is <laughs> it's more than that yeah and I feel like we've stolen enough from people of color mm-hmm. I don't think we need this one too no that's some like why can't we just like leave it yeah <laughs> let the people who need to be empowered by the movement, use it Mm -hmm. and come up with something else. So if you have any ideas, I've been rocking my brain. Everyone has a different opinion. And I mean, everyone can use something different. Some people really love body neutrality. For me, that's not really my thing. Um, So there's so many other terms. And if I can think of something inclusive that everyone can get behind, I would love that. Yeah. But if everyone needs to find their own path, like I think that's okay too. Well, I think it's also, you know, where people have got lost is that, you know, things like body neutrality, body love, body acceptance, etc. They're all feelings. Yes, they're processes, but they're also about your own individual experience with your own body. Body positivity mm-hmm. is not about you. <laughs> 
It's not about your feelings. It's not what, you know, whenever you see those articles like by Glamour or Elle when they started writing about body positivity like seven years ago and they're like, it's about fostering a positive body image with yourself. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, And that's where people have got confused is that this is actually the name to restate, this is the name of a social and political movement that started in the 60s. Well, you know, in terms of when it came up with terminology, that's mm-hmm. it started in the 60s. Loving your body, feeling positive about your body, accepting your body, being neutral about your body. They are feelings that you have about your own embodiment. And it's a process that you go through to build up, fix, change, improve your relationship with your body. So I think coming up with a moniker or a title, which makes it clear that this is not about you. This is not about your feelings. (laughs) This is... It's sort of like we talk about the anti-racism movement, right? That's not about like, well, I need to be less racist about myself. Like, no, of course, that's very clear. We don't need, it's not about me. That's about a wider social political movement. So whatever term that can be, um, I think it's got to be, as you say, very inclusive, very diverse, very open. Um, But I can totally understand those people who have, you know, worked for years and years and years, many of them. Um, people from sort of the uh, from a black fat acceptance background now having this totally co-opted whitewashed and monetized and commercialized just would be the depths of insulting and depressing and just another thing that we've profited off right exactly and even right now with the civil rights movement it's like this should be as like apparent as ever what's happening and we right like giving space for people to freaking be heard whether that's like the black lives matter movement body positivity like they're correlated Mm -hmm. right and i love that you're saying it's not a feeling it's a movement i think that could really hit home for a lot of people because you're right people say well i want to feel positive about my body i'm like great excellent do it we're all about (laughs) that i love it yes I support you. Yeah. I love that. It's the exact movement that has just been stolen. Yeah. That's where I often say to people, like, everything you know about body positivity is probably wrong. And that's where I think that you have unfairly been the on the receiving end of a lot of people's misguided views, beliefs, understanding, which has been perpetuated by the media, which has been perpetuated by capitalism and all these businesses who like to take a movement and co-opt it you're even seeing it happening with black lives matter like it's just is there anything that uh they won't do (laughs) honestly i saw a shapewear company on facebook say shapewear is body positive and i was like Mm. i'm about to throw hands like i'm ready for this and they were totally trying to profit off of it and it's and i was just saying like you know everyone can love themselves and people can use shapewear that's not the problem here it's that you're trying to make money off of a movement that wasn't about this and yeah so as you said like the monetization is just it's ridiculous yeah. and that shapewear is essentially the squishing of all of your organs so that you can appear smaller so wow i love it I inherently it maybe not body positive right <laughs> Body positive, oh, but internet. smaller and, uh, <laughs> you know, with a price tag on it. Great. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's the same thing, just smaller, whiter, yeah. squished. That's it. It's the same. Same. Medically, physically compromised. You know, all that gr- all that good stuff. Um, oh my god. So, given you've been in direct contact with the people who you know are being centered in this movement, who the movement was not built for, what can straight-sized allies do to be more? Well, we've talked about sort of amplification, which, you know, we can touch on a bit more. But what what is it important for straight-sized allies to be doing at the moment to create more space or to, uh, yeah, appropriately kind of have themselves at the table, I guess? That's like one of my favorite questions when people ask me because, yeah, that's where the work starts. And asking that question is the first step about saying, okay, what can I do? Like, I have this awareness. Now what? And so I would say continue educating yourself first, right? Like um, you talked about, I don't know if it was an article mm-hmm. that you read about body positivity, like find something like that. Follow more people on Instagram who diversify your feed and don't just follow someone because they're black, because they're fat. Find people you connect with and you like their message. And even if it's uncomfortable at first, being like, yeah, I really, I really want to get behind this. So I'm just going to keep listening and not center this all around myself Mm -hmm. so that's a big one is just education listening and amplifying right so it's like people with big platforms like the influencers that i shared um just just acknowledge i'm not the only body here i am not the only voice that matters like here's my stretch marks and there are other people who are being systemically oppressed in society who are not being heard, mm-hmm. right? So that acknowledgement and then saying, but I can't speak for those people because that's not my job to speak for them. Pass the mic, here's their account, show their videos on your account. Um, and it's not taking space away from you. It's just a collaboration. Like even now with the Black Lives Matter movement, it's about integrating black lives matter content into your everyday content Mm -hmm. it's not just oh i shared a post now back to my stuff Mm -hmm. right yeah it's about saying okay here's some black activists who have not been listened to so now we're gonna get more people to follow them or just listen to their message from their own mouth sharing their posts for people to really read because you someone can put content on instagram but if no one sees it What's the point? Yeah, it's sort of like right? if if a if a tree falls in the woods but there's no one around <laughs> to hear or see it, does it make a sound? <laughs> if I post yes. on Instagram and it doesn't make it through the algorithm, will it actually make an impact? Who knows? Isn't that such Maybe a not. good point? And people, one influencer said, like, oh, everyone has an iPhone, everyone has a voice, they can speak for themselves. It's like, no, that's actually not true at mm-hmm. all. <laughs> that's not how privilege works. No, not no, how it works. these, you know, head starts that you've been given, you can now actually pay that forward in a way that is not even going to come close to tipping the scales. You're not going to lose a thing. You, someone will gain that's, enormously, that's but you're not going to lose anything. And I understand like that fear of like, oh, this is taking away from me. But could we instead come as it like come to the conversation saying, oh, I also care about this. I'm not just amplifying because I think I have to, yep. but I want to learn more about this myself. This is something that is intriguing to me. Like if I identify as being in the body positive space, 
I want to learn more about that. And I want to listen to other people who are who also want to sit at the same table, right? Yeah, it's sort of like they say, if you want to write a book, you should read a lot. That is so good. And it's the same thing with content creation. It's the same thing with activism. If you want to speak about something, listen. Sit down and listen. Don't speak for other people, but look at what is going out in the world so you can see within that context where you sit and what you can do and how you can be most effective. Because at the end of the day, this is where I think online advocacy and social media gets a bit ugly where people start to advocacy starts to become about the self and it's like by definition that's not what it is um (laughs) so it shouldn't be true it shouldn't be about numbers it shouldn't be about money if if it's changing (laughs) one person's life fantastic but if you are not being if you see a movement which is not centering the people who it's for that's different that's not about numbers that's not about well i want a piece of that money pie it's about I want to be seen because I don't see myself in this space. And I, therefore, there must be how many other people sitting back saying, where am I? Where's my story? Where's the example for me to follow that, yes. you know, I can be heard and things can get better? There's enough of That's us here. Like- <laughs> <laughs> but no, you nailed it. I think that it perfectly. And if you follow activists on social media they're most likely not making money. They're not profiting off of this. They're doing this because they care and they know that there's a gap that needs to be filled. And yeah, you nailed it. Everything you said, I'm like, yep, I just need to send this to people so I can just like back up. And I'm like, no. Well, we did talk about that. She knows what she's doing. (laughs) Do you remember we talked about that? Where you're like, let's give it a few weeks because this will (laughs) die down. And then if people still have questions, it can just be like, I just did a podcast about this. And all your questions have been answered. (laughs) Stop commenting on this post, please. We're still Uh, commenting. I still get comments every day. I saw your story today about the most recent troll troll of the day some people say that's salty I'm like okay it is salty but people should be held accountable for their stupid words okay? I agree I like- agree I agree and I think it's also yeah it's part of that um it's part of that feedback loop of you know I'm a person I might be speaking on other people but look at my example and if you take issue with how I'm speaking on other people respectfully and without personal comments or assassinations, but you're taking issue with that by being personal and insulting. Um, let me help you. <laughs> oh, thank you for supporting me and validating my saltiness. Cause sometimes you gotta have, like, I remember somebody, my favorite one ever was somebody left a comment and if, and this was not a one-off. This was a commenter who, you know those ones that you get, they're like the concern trolls where you're like, it's not a full-on troll comment. It's just like a, you're like, yeah, are they trolling me? And then they keep doing it. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely just a very, yeah. very skilled troll. And their their <laughs> most recent one was, does Mia have a fake eye? I can't tell, but one always looks in the other direction. And I just wrote back, they're both fake. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them I ignore, but sometimes you see one and you're just like, I just cannot help myself. <laughs> see, that's, that is what I aspire to be. I want to be that person that's just like, yes, I am promoting obesity. Thank you so much for asking. 
buy obesity. It's on so profitable. <laughs> As opposed to diet culture, which is worth $72 billion, clearly obesity being promoted is apparently the problem. And not the fact that we've, you know, medically termed people obese, which is just horrific in its own sense. But now yeah, I'm it's promoting a it. Horrendous. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to learn from you and I'm just going <laughs> to sprinkle the salt everywhere I go. You and... send those troll comments to me, love. We'll have a brainstorm and we'll get Yay. it all sorted out. <laughs> oh my god, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I, I think there is so much more that we can talk about and will talk about. I'd love to do future episodes on, you know, follow up to this and, you know, obviously branching out onto all of these underlying things that come under topics like this, like fat phobia. There's a lot. Huge, a lot. huge, you know, health at every size. It's a lot to unpack, but I was just so personally impacted by your post people send me a lot of stuff and it's the stuff where I just have to go over and I leave a comment just like this is amazing amazing thank you for putting this into words for me what I've thought for so long so if that was validating for me someone who like I when I was younger I was in a larger body I don't speak to being in a larger body currently because I'm not currently in one it's not my place it's also not my place to speak for people who see that content and are tired of not seeing themselves in a space and a movement that is essentially for them. So thank you for doing it so graciously and in such a direct, but very, very respectful manner. I think it's a great framework for people. People can't hear through abuse and hostility. Unfortunately, I can understand why people get angry and hostile in this space. I get Mm -hmm. it. I understand it. And I'm not going to tell anyone how to behave. But I think that your response was a perfect framework for getting somewhere, right? Having a productive conversation. So I am so grateful to you. I'm so glad that I got to find your content and find your account. Um, What do you think is next for you? After you take some time out for some (laughs) self-care. Well, first I need to respond. Like you're such a sweet baby angel. And I appreciate you wanting to amplify my voice and amplify others' voices. And right, it's going to continue. That's right. But for me, dear God, geez. Nope, I don't have a single clue. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going (laughs) to self care and just trying to not let other people's opinions or perceptions shape my actions. Like Mm -hmm. if I want to speak up about something, I need to know that I need to speak my truth. I need to live authentically for myself. And if I'm living for other people or just like likes and followers on Instagram, I'm not going to be happy. That's right. That's what I, yeah. And self-care, self-care. Self-care. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, uh, that's more of less of suggestion. That's more a very, very strong direction <laughs> for me. <laughs> I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, I am so grateful to you. Do you want to let people know where they can find you? It'll all be in the show notes, but the best place is for people to come and find what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, You can find my chaotic content, as I call it, on my Instagram at Rafaela underscore Mancuso. It's a long name. So, yeah, you might want to look at that one. And that's practically my name everywhere else. If you type in Rafaela even, I'm sure something will come up. There's not a lot of me in the, especially not in North America. So it should be, it should be okay. Like Twitter. See, you have this YouTube thing. I haven't gotten there. I don't understand, but I want to, 
I want to creep my way in there. You're, so you're, you always just drop me a line. We can talk about it. And this will be <laughs> on my YouTube and all of that stuff will be linked. Um, but yeah, I'm just so grateful to you for having this very candid chat with me. Uh, I can't wait to see what you're going to do next after a very long break with the self-care. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I, I, I really encourage everyone to go and find Rafaela everywhere that she's listed in the description box of the YouTube video and in the show notes of the podcast, and particularly to go and look at that post that I read out at the beginning of this, uh, of this episode, because to see it, you can really get a sense of how, how much it shook up this space and how needed it was and how timely it was. So Rafaela, from me to you, thank you so much from one activist to another. Uh, and I'm sure on behalf of a lot of people who you just spoke to and finally saw themselves in that, in that content. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Can't wait to have you back. Yes. Kate, we're going to do this again. We I will. promise. We will. I'm excited. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Okay, bye. Thanks, Rafaela.